Welcome to Consulting Mastery, where we help B2B consultants master the business of consulting. I'm Carrie, And I'm Ahmed. Join us as we explore the art of delivering outstanding client value, earning a higher income, and thriving in today's marketplace. You made a really interesting point in that last episode about folks just getting comfortable in relationships where they have no power. <laughs> that was the relationship episode. <laughs> That's the relationship episode. And it's funny because it came up, what was it, yesterday or two days ago in a, in, a, in a mastermind conversation we were having with our clients. One of our clients, who shall remain nameless, but I'm sure she's listening, right? She uh, she brought this 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 challenge to the table and she said, I've got six deals I'm working on right now. And they're all big deals. They're all good deals. And, you know, if two of them close, I can probably handle it. If any more than two of them close, if like three to six of them close, I've got a massive capacity problem. I don't know what I'm going to do. And the question was like, how do I get my head around this? And it occurred to me right away that she's not used to having that kind of power. <laughs> and I just think it's a really... This is a really important topic. I think we keep talking about it for good reason for consultants who, you know, they, they, they came out of employment arrangements where they didn't have any power. They went into consulting deals, perhaps with a will client, you know, reference previous episode where they didn't have any power. They work on a few deals where the, you know, the client's in charge, the client's the boss, you do whatever, they're order takers, you know, and I'm, I don't know if this is true for the client in question here that we're talking about, but it is a general truth, right? A lot of folks start out as order takers, whatever clients want done, they, they do, essentially, no power, client has all the power. And then they find themselves in a position where they do have power and they don't know what to do with it. <laughs> Well, actually, let's take a second here and, and define what that power is in this case. Because I, I also think that when you haven't had it, it's difficult to even wrap your head around it or recognize. So what we're talking about here is the shift from, to your point, someone wants me to do work for them, therefore I need to figure out how to make it happen. <laughs> and I need to do it on their terms and their timeline to a space where, and this, this goes back to, you know, being the expert in the room, a space where you recognize that, okay, hold on a minute, they need me to do this work. And quite frankly, they need me more than I need them. Yes, we want to work together. There's a reciprocal arrangement there. But this is now up to me to decide. And it is really difficult <clears throat> excuse me, for folks who have made that shift to step into that space and recognize that they can actually make the decisions. It, it's, it's almost that basic before we even get to the notion of having the power. It's recognizing that you even have choice, I think, in this case. All right. Yeah. It's like, you know, it, it, it goes back to another point that we made here in the past around you know, client wants something done and you do it, right? Or existing client puts a project on the table and it's just not even a question, you do it, whether it's out of scope, in scope, et cetera. Uh, it, it's as if whatever the client wants gets done, the client's in charge, the client's the boss, the client pays the bills. It's that attitude and that mindset, right? Mm -hmm. um, we were talking in a, in, a, in a previous episode about, you know, 
one of the things that prevents people from going out and doing marketing and business development is this idea that, well, I don't even have the time to take on another client. That's not the point, right? And that, that belief stems from this idea that, well, if somebody wants to work with me, I have to work with them. And we've right talked now, about this in this moment, right? This moment. And we've talked about this a few times, right? Like people are very uncomfortable with having a pipeline. It's yeah. kind of funny, right? Like on the one hand, you can you know, you can acknowledge the power in having people lining up to work with you, which is what we intend to achieve for our clients. On the other hand, we've also seen that people are deeply uncomfortable with that idea that there are people who need my help, who I can help, who are willing to pay me, and I can't help them because I'm busy. Folks can't handle that for some reason. Why is that? Well, we'll talk about the why, but the other thing, just as you're saying that I think is really funny is that, you know, the we can get to the advice around this, but what I think is really interesting is what they want to do is make those people disappear, right? <laughs> like they don't even want them to be visible. I don't even want to connect with them because what if they want to work with me? And that I think is so, so fascinating. Um you know, to, to get to this place where it's like, you don't even want to know that they exist because somehow that creates a threat, right? That creates this sense of responsibility in you that, you know, yeah. you need to be able to, to jump when they ask you to. It's really interesting. I, I think it's like, ultimately it's a self-worth problem. I think I'm pontificating here as a, you know, untrained, unlicensed, unqualified psychologist, but I think it's a self-worth problem because, if you're just if you're just deeply uncomfortable with people lining up to work with you and seeing the value in your services and and want and willing to wait and willing to you know take their spot in line to get some of your time you need to value your worth your expertise your problem solving capability uh you need to value that in order to be comfortable with that idea and if you don't fundamentally value it then yeah that's going to be an uncomfortable idea Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's a huge self-worth issue. And then I also think that what plays into that scenario is just also not necessarily being able to see what your business might look like in the future. So when we talk to people, they address this in a couple of different ways, or they approach it in a couple of different ways. One is, I don't have the capacity to do this work that's coming towards me, therefore I'm afraid. Then there's the other group of folks who say, yes, if I look at the way I th- do things right this minute, I don't have capacity. Also, I'm willing to look at how I can increase capacity, how I can you know, adjust timeline, how I can productize my offer in a different way. And so I think there's a self-worth challenge. There's also a belief, as you were saying, in your ability to solve a problem. A great problem, but a problem nonetheless. Yeah, and and this idea that the way that I deliver my service now is the way I have to do it forever is a, you know, certainly a a, a common and misplaced belief, right? The reality is, there is an infinite number of ways you can deliver your service. There's many ways to skin that cat, and just because you're doing it a certain way now, that's laborious and taxing, doesn't mean that it can't be restructured to help you create more capacity. If you look at our service offering over the past, you know, 10 years, even the last five, it's gone through. I don't think we can count how many iterations, right? All designed to, you know, ultimately, how do we get better results and help serve more people has have been the questions. 
then it's gone through many iterations. So just because you do something one way now doesn't mean it has to be that way forever. Yeah, and going back to your question about why the self-worth issue exists, I think, you know, some of it is probably the deep-seated, you know, childhood trauma, all the stuff that we carry. I also, though, when you consider the path that most consultants take when they're building their consultancy, they also take a path that I think tends to really reinforce that feeling because so many folks move from, you know, employment into consultancy or some other scenario into consultancy without a plan to get clients. And they're relying on this kind of slow drip of, you know, my friend Joe, who knows somebody else, send me some, sent me someone or someone that I used to work with. And it can create a really false sense that there aren't a lot of people that want to work with you, right? It creates this sense of scarcity. And I believe that the length of time you spend in that kind of churn also really contributes to this. So people who start their consultancy and they figure out right away, like people who come to us early in their consulting journey, those people don't spend, you know, three, five, 10 years <laughs> scraping and scrounging for clients. And I'm not saying that working with us is the only way to do that, but sure finding a way to build, <laughs> sure, finding a way to build a pipeline early makes a big difference. People who we talk to who have been like, you know, living from call it paycheck to paycheck, but you know, payout to payout, and who have been so uncomfortable for years about what comes next, takes them much, much, much longer to get themselves out of this mindset, right? Even when their pipeline is flourishing, they struggle. Yeah. That's a really good point. I mean, imagine, you know, we, our offices are in a small little suburb town outside of Toronto on the West End called Oakville. Oakville's population is what? 150,000 people? Sure. Okay. Versus the big city, Toronto is about 6 million people, right? GTA, greater Toronto area. So imagine, you know, you ran a business and you were limited in terms of your your geographic scope to just Oakville. Small little town, 100,000 people. You know, eventually you know everybody. <laughs> you know all the relevant businesses within your target market. You probably work with a handful of them. Referrals are hard to come by because you, you know, you know them all, right? There's there's a point at which you exhaust that market. And if and if you think Oakville is the extent of your market, yeah, you're going to grab onto deals where you can find them, right? Like you're going to, someone says they want to work with you. You're going to jump at that opportunity because you don't know how many more deals there are in this very finite market of Oakville, you know, small town, Ontario. Versus if you thought of your market as the greater Toronto area, population of 6 million people, you know, so many more businesses, so many more potential clients, so many more prospects, so many neighborhoods, so many little towns the size of Oakville within Toronto. And all of a sudden, you can be a little bit more bullish about the prospects of your business and not take on every deal that comes your way because the market's much bigger. What we find, interestingly, is that feeling gets evoked with our clients when they first build out a prospect list. You know, you come in with us and one of the steps that we'll take once we help you with your positioning and your offer, et cetera, we go to LinkedIn and we build out a list of prospects on Sales Navigator. And when people start to scroll through that list, 
and see like the names and the organizations and all the folks that are squarely in their target market that they could be helping, should be helping, could have access to, are going to get access to, they go, whoa, I had no idea Mm -hmm. my market was so big. And that awareness is a really, really powerful thing. Absolutely. And then step two is when they actually start talking to these people, because at that point there can still be some, a lack of belief, right? Yes, they're all out there, but they're already working with other people or, you know, they're they're not going to want to talk to me or I don't know how to connect with them. And then step two, which comes very, very quickly is they start connecting with people and realize that again, I mean, the, the superpower that they think is less of a big deal than the person who needs them thinks um, you know, becomes part of the conversation and drives this this newfound confidence, right? This newfound understanding. I don't want to call it confidence because confidence, yes, there are things that you need to kind of trigger internally to build your own confidence, but we're just talking about facts here, right? The fact that there is a big market out there available to you, A, and the fact that B, once you start connecting with them, you'll find you know, a a volume of people who need and want what you have. And I think the the bottom line here, this is kind of our message to our our client. And I I hope it's a takeaway for folks who are listening is this, this notion of I've got six deals that I'm negotiating. Mm -hmm. I've got a pipeline. I've got essentially a waiting list, which is what this is going to turn into for her, a waiting list of clients who want to work with her. This is where you want to be. This is the holy grail because when you have that waiting list, when you have that pipeline, when you have a lot of folks who want to work with you and you don't have enough time to work with all of them in the immediate, you now have power. And that power translates into some very tangible things. Number one, you get to choose. So one of the things that we talked about with this particular client was, which deals do you want out of this six? Which are the ones that actually get you excited? I'd go to them first and just tell them, listen, I've got lots of people knocking on my door, but I really want to work with you guys. Right? So you get to choose the work that you do, the deals that you work on, because you have options. You get to charge more. Right? The folks who have that kind of opportunity are able to use that as leverage and charge higher fees. You're able to exit relationships that no longer serve you because you have the waiting list. You have the pipeline. You have other folks who want to work with you. You're not going to need to waste away in a client relationship that's going nowhere.